of bringing the Bibles into countries where it was forbidden and outlawed. And at the end of his message, he recruited people who wanted to join the effort to bring the Bible to the world. Well, I went straight up to him after the service that morning and said, hey, I want to volunteer. I want to go and smuggle Bibles with you. Welcome to Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday. I'm Doug McAllister for Journey Fellowship Church, and today I want to tell you a story about Brother Andrew. You probably have already heard of Brother Andrew. Uh, He was known as God's Smuggler, wrote a book by the same name, a book that was uh, printed in probably three dozen languages, sold 10 million copies around the world. But let me tell you the story of this man who brought Bibles to millions of people who were living behind communist uh, iron, uh, what is called the Iron Curtain, but behind... so ridiculous. I got I can't get the word iron curtain out. Are you ready? All right, from the beginning. Welcome to Journey. Gosh, what am I doing? All right, Bernie. Yeah, no restarting. Welcome to Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday. Hey, I'm Doug McAllister for Journey Fellowship Church, and we're already having fun this morning. I want to tell you a story today about Brother Andrew. Brother Andrew, known as God Smuggler, I'm sure you've already heard of him. Recently, he passed away September of 2022, uh, just a few months before the taping of this episode. Uh, but Brother Andrew, uh, known his birth name was Andy Vanderbilt was born in uh, Amsterdam or near Amsterdam, Holland, grew up uh, at the time when the Nazis were invading most of Europe. In fact, he was a little boy when the Nazi army invaded uh, the Netherlands. Uh, He was not a believer. Uh, He would come to Christ later. But I want to tell you a story today because this is a man who literally changed the way that people thought about the Word of God and making sure that every believer had access to the Bible, especially during the time of the rise of communism around the world. Now, Brother Andrew was born in 1928, died in 2022, uh, 90s four years old, uh, would soon be a hundred had he lived. But the story that uh, his life tells is one of a devotion to the Word of God. And he literally devoted his life to bringing the Bible to people who had no access. Now, if you are somewhat of a historian, or maybe you can remember back to Western Civ when you were in college, uh, during the 20th century, communism dominated the globe. It almost seemed like the whole world would be dominated by communism by the end of the century. At one time, about a third of the countries on the planet were controlled by communist dictatorships. And of course, communism is known for their atheism and their hatred of the Bible and Christianity. And the Bible was outlawed in all of these nations. And that's the story I want to tell you today. So Brother Andrew uh, went into the Dutch Army when he was 18, uh, served for two years. As an unbeliever, uh, he was injured severely in the war, sent home because he was unable to walk, and spent a lot of time recovering from uh, the gunshot wound that he'd received as a soldier. 
uh, while he was recovering, he had lots of time to think about who he was and who God was and what was the purpose of his life. And he was overwhelmed with the guilt of some of the things that he had did as a soldier and was seeking for a place of forgiveness and healing. And a friend and a nurse and other people in his life recommended that he pray and read the Bible. So he took it upon himself just to begin reading the Bible. And over a period of a couple of years, as he healed and got able to somewhat work again, uh, he had uh, a revelation that he needed to follow the Lord. So one night he prayed after seeking God for a couple of years. He prayed a very simple prayer. Lord, if you help me, I will follow you. That marked his conversion. He soon began to attend church, uh, heard a pastor preach on uh, the call to missions, and that night decided that he was called to be a missionary. Even though he had no formal education, did not have any resources, nor his family had no money to send him to school, he decided to pursue ministry. He had a job at a local chocolate factory where he met his future wife, Corey, uh, and they began to evangelize their co-workers in the chocolate factory. Many of them got saved. In fact, turned the whole culture of the chocolate company around, and they became a Bible-believing, Christ-following group for the most part. Well, Brother Andrew heard about a Bible college in England He applied for it, was accepted, uh, but because of travel and the war and other details going on in the culture, he was delayed for a year. Uh, The school sent sent him a telegram not to come, but he went anyway because he knew the Lord had called him. So he moved to England. He couldn't go to school, so he decided to help paint the buildings on the school. A family in the town took him in and let him live there. Uh, He eventually did go to Bible college for a couple of years. Uh, But on a trip that he took uh, into Eastern Europe would be the turning point of his ministry. He took a tour with a communist uh, sponsored youth trip. Now, he was not a communist, but he wanted to see the nation, so he took this trip. And while he was there, he saw the condition of the believers living under the rule of communism in Eastern Europe, and his heart was broken because most of them had no access to Bibles. And that gave Brother Andrew an idea. What if I brought Bibles in the languages of the people behind the Iron Curtain so that they could read God's Word for themselves. It's a ministry he began on his own. He would trust God for his financial supporters because he didn't have any means otherwise, and God would always miraculously come through for him. He tells a story when he was in Bible school, and his visa renewal was due, and he needed a shilling just to pay for the government paperwork. And a young man knocked on his door asking for a handout. And Andrew told the story later. He said, I didn't have any money to give him. And I told him, I I need help just like you. But then out of the corner of his eye, he spotted on the floor a shilling, a small coin. And that's exactly how much he needed to pay for his visa. So he decided, should I keep that for myself or give this money to this poor beggar? And he decided that he would give it to the beggar. And he gave the man the shilling. Andrew then thought, I'm not sure how I'm going to pay my visa or go back to school. Later that day when the mail came, an envelope filled with 30 shillings came to his box. And he then understood that if you gave to the Lord, 
the Lord always gives back to you. So Andrew began a lifetime of trusting God for financial support. A generous supporter gave him a brand new Volkswagen Beetle. Now, back in uh, the 60s and the 70s, the Volkswagen Beetle was this mini car that was a phenom around the world. And somebody gave a brother Andrew a, a Beetle, a Volkswagen Beetle. And he decided that he would take it on a trip across Europe, visiting the communist countries, and that he would bring Bibles into the countries to give to believers. Now, it was illegal to bring Bibles into countries that were dominated by the communists. In fact, Brother Andrew was discouraged by other believers and either, even other missions organizations. Don't do that, Andrew. That's not as wise, and you're going to get caught. You'll go to prison. But Andrew would not hear of it. He knew that the Lord had called him to bring the Word of God to the believers living under communist rule. So he did just that. He would visit the communist countries in Eastern Europe. In fact, as far away as China, he would bring Bibles. No one really knows how many Bibles Brother Andrew smuggled. Maybe thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, maybe millions. We don't really know how many lives were affected. All we know is that he devoted his life to bringing the Word of God to people who had no access to the Bible in their own language. He began to recruit others to travel with him. It soon became a network of Bible smugglers. I'd encourage you to buy the book and read it called God's Smuggler. It's the story of Brother Andrew's ministry. As a young Bible college student, that book inspired me by a great man of God who devoted his life to the Word of God. Well, what was just Brother Andrew and his wife, Corey, who soon had five children, and before he died, 11 grandchildren. It became a ministry across the continent and then around the world. Today, Brother Andrew's ministry continues. Uh, opendoors.org is the website. They are operating in most of the nations of the world, uh, giving away millions of Bibles and, and gospel literature around the globe. But their focus has shifted now to supporting and praying for the persecuted church. Brother Andrew lived almost 100 years, rose from obscurity, abject poverty, injured in the war, given up for a lifetime of uh, being lame and unable to work. And God miraculously healed the wound in his foot from the gunshot, called him into the ministry, opened the door for him to bring Bibles to the known world. And today, thousands, if not tens of thousands of other missionaries have been inspired by the work of Brother Andrew. But let me tell you a personal story of how his life impacted mine. Let me take you back to uh, the summer of 1979. I was a high school student. I think I was between my junior and senior year. And we had a visitor at our church that Sunday. Now, I went to a little country church that on a good Sunday, 75 people would attend. We had a guest speaker that I'd never heard of who was there to recruit missionaries. So I was excited to hear the man preach. I don't remember his name. I wish I did. But I'll never forget what he said that day. He told the story of Brother Andrew. And he told the story of bringing the Bibles into countries where it was forbidden and outlawed. 
And at the end of his message, he recruited people who wanted to join the effort to bring the Bible to the world. Well, I went straight up to him after the service that morning and said, hey, I want to volunteer. I want to go and smuggle Bibles with you. He was very kind, and he can tell probably from looking at me that I was still in high school, and he gently said, thanks for volunteering, but you have to be 18 at least to go with us, and I think you should wait till you finish high school. I was kind of dejected, a little sad because I was ready to go then. I went home and told my mom, hey, when I turn 18, I'm going to be a Bible smuggler, and my mom said, well, we'll see about that when you turn 18, but today you're not going anywhere, but he lit a fire in me that day, that one message in the story of Brother Andrew about loving the Word of God and making sure everybody has access to God's Word. I didn't become a Bible smuggler at 18. Instead, I got married, worked for four and a half years and saved up money to go to Bible college joined church planning teams and served as an evangelist and a missionary and did all kinds of other things and finally planted what is now Journey Fellowship Church in 1996. Became a pastor and, uh, you know, a a church leader and an evangelist. But still in my heart, I always knew that I was going to smuggle Bibles someday. And years had passed. At this time, 1979 to 1999, 20 years has gone by. And I'd almost forgotten the spark that I felt that summer when I was a high school student in 1979. I was sitting at dinner, Rachel and I were eating with some friends, and I felt the Lord deeply speak to me about the church in China. It was one of those moments that the whole world kind of fades out and all you can really hear is the voice of God. It was one of those moments. And the Lord simply said to my spirit, help the church in China. I told Rachel after the meal that night, I think I'm supposed to go to China. I don't know anybody there. I don't know how. Don't know where I'll stay. Don't know what I'll do. But I just really feel like God is calling me to China. So I applied with a couple of organizations and uh, made application with some friends to go on their trips. I was turned down at every door. So finally, I was almost exasperated and just ready just to give up. Maybe I didn't hear from God. And then by chance, a conversation I had with another missionary who worked for a Bible company, uh, I told him of what i had heard that day at dinner. And he said, then why don't you come with me? All right, you're going to China. I'll go with you. I didn't really know what I was signing up for. I went to the organizational meeting And in the meeting, he told us what our purpose is on this trip is very simple. We're going to smuggle Bibles into communist China. And it made me stop and think about that moment 20 years earlier when I was a teenager, when the Lord put it in my heart to do just that. And it probably should have scared me and probably even should have backed out. I was married uh, with four kids and uh, a brand new church plan, and my life was already full. But that that spark had become a fire in my soul, so I committed. Went through the training, and some of it I'm not at liberty to say. But you know, 20 years after the first call, you know, we had the opportunity to follow what the Lord put in my heart that day, and we brought the Word of God 
to the believers who were living under the domination of communism in China, you know, and uh, it was been uh, uh, one of those things in my life that just kind of changed the way that I felt and understood the importance of God's word. Now, China has a great move going on, and I'm sure my efforts were not a drop in the ocean. It did much more for me than I did for them. In fact, it changed my passion about God's Word. And that's usually how ministry is. While you're busy helping others, God's busy helping you. While you're busy serving other people, the Lord's busy serving you. But it all goes back to a little Dutch boy who felt the call of God as he lay in a hospital bed recovering from a wound that he received as a soldier. He met Jesus, fell in love with the Word of God, and brought the Bible to the world. And even though he's gone now, his ministry continues, and the Word of God still going forth. So today we want to dedicate this episode of Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday to Brother Andrew, a general in the faith, an apostle, a lover of Jesus, a man committed to the Word of God, a man who devoted his life to his wife and his children and his grandchildren and to bringing God's Word to the nations of the world. So here's to you, Brother Andrew. Thank you for a life well lived. Thank you for setting an example. And thank you for loving Jesus and loving God's Word. Well, this is Doug McAllister. And this has been stories I didn't tell last Sunday. I hope you enjoyed today's story. There are a lot of these stories in the archive if you want to go back and watch some others. Also, take a moment and go to your app store and download the Journey Fellowship Church app. Uh, Type in Journey Fellowship Church in the search bar on your app store, and you'll see our app pop up. You can download it. It's compliments of Journey. It is packed with information and past sermons and ways of getting involved and get connected, even drive directions to come visit us here at Journey. If you live in the Slidell area or somewhere on the North Shore here in Louisiana, come visit us here at Journey Fellowship Church. You can find directions and service times and everything you need to know on the website also at jf.church. Thanks for joining me today for Journey Fellowship Church. I'm Doug McAllister, and this has been Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday.